Welcome back to the Beast Game Podcast. And today we are talking about the Terminal List, which is on Amazon Prime. It stars Chris Pratt. This is a thriller action show. Tom Clancy-esque. Yeah, so Amazon has kind of cornered the market on some of this. So you have Jack Ryan, which season one was great. Season two, not so much. Reacher. <laughs> Jack Reacher, mm-hmm. which is... A series of books. Oh, it. it was also movie starring Tom Cruise, but also ex-military person investigating crimes and stuff. And right. this one, which is Chris Pratt playing a character, James Reese, who is a Navy SEAL when the show starts off, but he's on operation. His team gets ambushed, and he and another person the only survivors of this ambush when he's being debriefed about what went wrong and he's like, well, that wasn't right. This wasn't right. Uh, that's not what I said. And it's like, well, we have you on tape saying all this stuff. It's like, that's not right. Who has the ability to manipulate all this stuff? So it plays itself as at least the first couple of episodes is maybe he's having a problem because he's having headaches. He's doing a whole bunch of lucid dreams and stuff. So maybe he's misremembering all this stuff, but then it starts ticking off from there. Keith, how did you feel about the terminal list? I enjoyed it. I liked that they didn't sugarcoat the character. They played the whole, is it in his head? Is he really onto something? Yeah. And kind of the revelation when you find out what's going on and stuff, you kind of like, yikes. Okay. This is, this kind of sucks. Things I've, I disliked about it. It wrapped up way too neatly. Yeah. Pretty much that last episode was, Good action. Good it was good action. action, but it was just, I understand what you're saying, especially the very, very end of it. Yeah, go it was like, whoop, there we go. We wrapped it up. There we go. This, this is what happened. This is the bad guy. I'm glad they kept it apolitical. Yeah. There were a few dings at liberals, but at the, in the end, it was a whole mess of people who were at fault and were on the list. The terminal list was literal. <laughs> And that it was literally a list of people he was yeah. he was gunning for. It was for. just like, hey, this person somehow should be responsible. I'm going to go get them. They're getting taken out. It's like, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. These people do worse in jail. No, 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 no. I'm going to take them out. And they're going to know I came to take them out. And that's my justice. And you're like, it's kind of dumb, dude. Like, you got the evidence to lock them up. Like, they're not going to survive this. They're not going to escape jail time for this. He's on my list. Termination. Like, oh. Okay, you'll understand the last five minutes of the show. You're kind of like, okay, it's it's wrapped up neatly. You're kind of wondering why are so many people helping this guy out? He had a lot of friends that seemed to conveniently be in positions to help offer him expert help. Yeah. And you're like, well, I mean, okay. starting off with Taylor Kitsch first. CIA black ops team. So he's yeah, got he's, access to He's all ground that. branch, everybody. <laughs> He's former SEAL team, of course. You know, he used to be in the, in the teams. So someone he can absolutely depend on in a fight. And he also has access to the latest intelligence. Okay, well, what are you going to do for money? Because you're a lieutenant commander in the Navy. You may be making, bringing home six figures. What are you going to do? Oh, no, no, no. He's got a friend of his dad's who happens to be a multimillionaire and who's not currently in. One of the things like, is that the person that wrote the books... Jack Carr, he was a former Navy SEAL. So, like, some of this is just it's fantastical, but it's technically based in reality, or at least some form of this could happen somehow. 
in a right. very particular special sense. It could happen. Yeah, well, or if it did happen, this is how he would do it. This is how he would handle things. I think he would have done better if he handled the villains. Like Jai Courtney's in it, and he's playing one of the villains in this thing. Yeah. He's kind of based on that. And he is straight up, you can tell from the time that he's on screen, he is a villain. <laughs> yeah, he, he's a villain. He's a dick. He's everything that a real operator would hate. Comes from money, built himself up, but he's a fake SEAL Team SEAL fanboy. And as a type of person that you just can't stand, at some point he was going to get humiliated and killed and thoroughly humiliated and thoroughly killed. Your list is getting shorter here and they're getting dropped like flies. A narrative. I think that's what it was. It was, he did a lot of things logically, which I enjoyed. I thought that was good. He didn't play things out mm-hmm. and draw it out for the sake of getting a, a bigger oomph or a bigger negative narrative playback, you know, payoff for it. This else happens. He finds a target, seizes them, confirms that they were involved, how they were involved, kills them, takes them out, digital intelligence from them to find out who else was involved. Nothing sugarcoating it. It's not Frank Castle, Punisher style, or Denzel Washington, Man on Fire style, torment anything. He's just like, yeah. I need to move on to the next person, and then we're going to go on from there. And Primus does that. At the time, as it was going through, the way they handled his mental deterioration, that was handled very well. Because you were always guessing. Yeah, and... I mean, again, the first three episodes, because I think it's the end of the third episode when his wife gets killed. It's either the second or uh, third episode. Second episode, episode yeah. Think. That was the second episode. That was that was that pretty quick. So that's the one that's like, hey, well, maybe he wasn't flipping out. <laughs> yeah, it was like, ooh. I was like, God damn. And it was the third episode where they were, okay, now they're going to blame him, or it was in his own head. And they're going to try and blame him. It's like, no, he basically, shit went left. Like, family was killed. And now he's trying to pick up the pieces of his life and shit. But no, it was, we need to figure out what the fuck is going on and stuff. But the episode one, he's in that bar after the mission goes to shit. And he's talking to one of his teammates, Boozer, I think it was. It turns out he really wasn't there. He was thinking of his, of his imagination at that time. And he's questioning whether or not he's going Yeah, crazy. And, and that one, that part was good and then he kind of figures out maybe this wasn't i was hallucinating back up to the line yes kind of goes along that same ptsd maybe i'm flipping out type thing yeah maybe i'm I'm absolute but in this case he had all this evidence that points to him having something wrong with his head i think one of the things i found just like it didn't make sense was like he had all of this information that tells him you're going nuts Mm -hmm. no i absolutely believe the things I'm seeing don't add up. You might have a concussion. Your brain might be jacked up. Okay, but this is what's happening, and I know it, and I'm going to kill this guy because of it. You're like, what? Hold the fuck up, man. Just wait a second. You're clearly hallucinating, but you absolutely know. He's just like, yes, yeah, so you're either on board or you're on the list. So you're like, what? How do we give him zero to 180 in two seconds? <laughs> Yeah. And then he's dragging it and everybody's just kind of following along behind him. And you're like, dude, is nobody going to sit him down and get your head fixed first? Then let's take these dudes out. Let's be 100% sure that that's always happening. It's like, oh, no, 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 that's not it. And then in his favor, he happened to have the right amount of contacts or the right contacts to do it. And it wrapped up a little too neatly for that. And from what I've read, the book is a lot like that. His books are a lot like that. It's just like something goes down and he happens to have a friend that 
knows how to get out. He, he needs a flight one. somewhere. He conveniently has yeah. a former friend that owes him her yeah. life in some form or fashion that owes him everything that he can absolutely trust. And yeah. you're like, well, huh? Or he goes on, basically, there's a manhunt. Someone that used to be in the Navy SEALs with him is like, hey, I'm not going to go hunt that dude. He's a hero. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like, this guy's a legend. Okay, you need to sit this out because I can't trust you. Then they can, they go there and they fuck some over. That's convenient. Big Mike, how'd you feel about... I thought it was okay. It's kind of reminded me of like old 90s movies, kind of. Chris Pratt was believable as a soldier. Yeah, I will give him that. Because I brought up the fact that in Thor, he looked really small. And in this, like he, I guess he still had that that physique. <laughs> I guess you could say the twists in it were kind of easy to recognize. The congresswoman or what was he? The, the secretary? secretary yeah, secretary of defense. Yeah, I kind of yeah, already, yeah, already knew she had something to do with it. That was kind of evident. They weren't hinting at it too much, but it was just like, all right, there's only so many ways this can go. And then, for whatever reason, Taylor Kish's character, I just kept saying, I was like, this dude got something to do with it. I'm like, yeah, he might be helping him, but he's guilty of something. He got something to do with it. So. Yeah, and Taylor Kish has done this type of role before because he was in Lone Survivor. I was just like, yeah, Taylor Kish is in this supporting role. Something's going to go wrong with this. No, I mean, Jai Courtney, he's kind of playing the same dude he always plays at this point. The one thing I will say is the action was really good. You need to watch the shows. Like, Chris Pratt was taking motherfuckers out. Like, <laughs> I was kind of <laughs> Yeah, I enjoyed that. Like, the action was good. Yeah, but I will say that I like the show because yeah, I, I a lot. started watching it because I heard something. Terminalist is okay. I'm like, yeah, well, I've been seeing that plastered all over Fire TV. All right, I see where they're going with this. And again, because Amazon has continued that line of Jack Ryan reacher this this is in that same vein i actually like jack ryan i don't know if they're coming back with another season but like that first season was, <laughs> was damn good i was like yo this is like a really good show so you know what i might just re-watch that just because i think it might yeah, it was good it's a fun show because like jack like- ryan kind of falls into that category where he's just like super intelligent has money but also was in the military so it's like his backstory is just already kind of like what? Like, all right. Somebody called him the conservative Superman. He's a self-made millionaire who does what he does for his country out of duty and honor. It's like, and he's humble. And, and he works in finance. And he works in finance. He works for the government out of charity. You know, he does it as a sense of duty because he wants to get back to the country. <laughs> but he's already rich. He, he doesn't need a paycheck. He furloughed and he'd be fine. Yeah. It's like, what? <laughs> like, what? what the fuck? Like, no, like every one of these assholes I've met, they're in this for the money, dude. <laughs> this is their career. After the first episode, because I think really what got me was that people were talking about how much they hate Chris Pratt and they hate the show, The Terminal List. And I'm like, oh, let me go look at this. Like, the media score is like negative. Then I read like an article, it was like, why does the media hate Chris Pratt? They're basically tanking the Terminal List scores so people don't watch it. I'm like, oh, Chris Pratt has his own issues. The media and I'm like, it's really unfounded but I see the bias. <laughs> I, I was always going to watch it. I mean, it's no kind of like Tom Cruise went through that 
at some point. Yeah, exactly. He he did. He still goes through it today. Top Gun Maverick came out. It was just can't say that this is a bad movie, like because you dislike Tom Cruise. But they'll for a little aside in that. Yeah, but Chris Pratt has been getting this maybe since the second Guardians movie. It's exactly what. Yeah, it's mean. like when basically he, he belongs to a church. People don't like the church that he belongs to. That's no, I don't like any church that any of these dudes belong to. It was at People's Choice Awards, and he gave a nice little speech. It was very much in line with Christian values. So what's all this religious stuff he's talking? And people started questioning it. Then, of course, uh, you had yet Elliot Page pop up talking shit. But that goes back to the whole discussion we had about going back to Gina Carano, where it's like, for whatever reason, people associate actors' personal beliefs and mm-hmm. their normal lives to their characters. Like, almost like they forget that they're literally an actor who's acting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One has nothing to do with what's going on with this. Like, if he's given a role, yeah, he could be a shitty human being, in your opinion, or you could believe that he believes the craziest shit in the world. Doesn't mean that he acted bad in the show. If he acted good in the show, give him credit for the acting and just say, I don't like him personally, but, oh, he did a good job in the role. Like, it's not a difficult thing to do, but, like I said, the world's gotten to a place of... You, you are know, what you are, basically, and that's it. Nothing yeah, changes. You don't agree with what I agree with or see things how I see it, you ain't shit, and I can't support you. I can't watch something that you're in. I can't do this. I can't do that. That's not reality. Man, I liked it overall, but I think my negative is the one negative I bring up is that there are a lot of flashbacks. Because yeah. this is a book, you can do that. You can go all two, three pages of this is a memory and then pick right back up. With this and the way that it is structured, the first episode I can understand, the second episode I can understand it because, again, he's trying to remember events. Yeah, not flashbacks. The memory is being played out in yeah. almost real time. Yeah, so he's right. basically just sitting there like, all right, well, this person ran past me. This went off. This exploded. Of constant theme about his daughter and his wife. That there's mm-hmm. a bird that flies into the window. And I'm like, that one came up way too many times. That needed to stop. That was like... Yeah, it, so and it's like, it well, what is the up. significance of this? Well, he needs to tell her the truth and, and give her the harsh realities of life. That's basically what it means. But I just didn't like that aspect. But I mean, overall, it's inventive. Because I think Anton Fuqua directed the first episode. And he's also an executive producer. Chris mm-hmm. Pratt is also an executive producer. But it's well produced for something that really I can see this being on CBS the terminal list on CBS <laughs> yeah <laughs> or is I mean again it's like you got NCIS like those type of show JAG and then the terminal list comes on at like 10 o'clock the equalizer is also on I think that's on CBS as well so it's like like that level of TV show and it's well produced mini movie but it's structured in a TV show there was way too many conveniences for my taste, and I kind of picked up on it maybe after, like, the person with the plane. And I just flying to Mexico. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah, she's like, I've got my plane here. Where did she come from? Like, oh, no, she's a very dear, dear, dear friend. And then turns out that he saved her life. Yeah. Therefore, she owes him a debt of honor yeah. that she would absolutely never betray him. And it's like, okay. See what's happening there. About who you can trust and you know, the betrayals he ultimately receives is like, you need to understand that that was an absolute betrayal. Betrayal that breaks all the betrayals is like, all right, dude, all right, relax. Yeah. Um, and then it turns into the fugitive for a little bit. 
could have served to humanize his character because at the time he, he was a bit of a superhuman. He was already fucked up and he was able to take out a bunch of special forces. Well, not take them out. But, yeah, but QRT, like he could have killed all of them at some point, but he chose not to. So like he's a man of honor and he could have killed us, but why didn't he yeah. kill us? And then that kind of make the FBI agent. Well, that guy was actually pretty good. But oh yeah, I liked him. He was, his character was good. But was yeah, like, but again, it turns into the Fugitive, which is one of my favorite movies. I mean, overall, it is okay. And I guess there's supposed to be a second season of it. So I'm like, is he going to be doing that for other people? <laughs> like, or is there other people? He's going to take it to the top. Because again, and there are other books. I think the next book is a brought back in to stop a terrorist or something like no, that. No, no, they, they already screwed me once. <laughs> they screwed me one, Joe. Uh, they fucked him up. You know, I got yeah, I'm like, plus he has basically a tumor that's growing, and that's also like another thing that I didn't like because it was just like, where are my pills? Where are my pills? So I guess it's safe to assume he's not dying of the tumor yet. No, at some point it does get taken out. Uh, apparently. Well, I mean, again, that was like one of the convenient things about it's like, oh, he's just taking pills, and his pills solve all the problems. But, all right, so what score would you give the Terminal list? I'm going to give it a 7.5. The action was good. Uh, I like Chris Pratt, always did. My problem is with the actual story of mm. that they pulled it from. It was way too convenient. I wanted to go realistic. I would hope that Jack Carr would know that you're not going to be able to just execute somebody, blow them up in a car. I get it. Seals are tough. I get it. But no, 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 dude, no. Like, it don't fucking work that way depth of human misery and disgust kill off like a whole platoon of seals that's you spent like a million dollars per yeah. to train just because you're trying to get a payday from a pharmaceutical that's not that, yeah. it's not that much money that's where like the fantastical element comes from yeah and, it was like and, the worst uh, case scenario of like his nightmares it's like no i don't think anyone would you do know, it's like it's the government cover up or all cover up i can't imagine anyone being that and maybe you can call me naive man but like i can't see people doing some hard shit like that just for, for a payday that they really can't spend like that at some point somebody's going to look at the money especially the cia especially some journalists is going to say, well, how is it that this admiral comes out of the Navy with like $20 billion? Basically. Like, where did he get his money from? That's my thing. Yeah. All right. Big Mike, so what score would you give the terminal list? I said, overall, I thought the show was pretty good. Honestly, I thought Constance Wu's character was going to die at one point, but started off strong and then held on through the season. Like, even Sean Gunn's character, that whole play by play with him at the party and then how he got him and mm-hmm. guys on him, I was like, this show's good wrote this and came up with the different sequences, the way he was getting his rent. I said, all that shit was great. It's minor little things that I would say issues with. Other than that, right now I'd give this one a seven. I mean, again, the conveniences of the plot and then the flashbacks dragged down most of the show. Plus the ending was fairly unfulfilling. (laughs) And it's like basically the ending after the ending. The first ending Great. Because he goes in like boss, then he just grabs his diving gear and just rolls off. Uh-huh. Would probably give it a 6.57. It's watchable. I mean, I've been watched it. So, for me, just to kind of want to sit down, burn through something like that, 
it's worthwhile to watch it. I mean, if you're into that Tom Clancy level of intrigue and suspense. Right. And there's some good action in it when the plot needs to be convenient enough to, well, how do we get this app? Well, I got a buddy. <laughs> yeah, he's, I've got a friend. He owes me. He owes me everything. Like, okay, why does he owe you everything? Like, flashback time. Flashback, and wait a minute. This is why he owes you everything? Like, what the? Okay. Yeah, but 